little nervous. I, when I was when in my home church, the Nancock Baptist Church, no problems. Get up there, I know the people, and uh, I guess it's a little intimidating coming to a place where we speak a different language. <laughs> I, uh, I'm staying with Michael and Julia, the wonderful hosts, and we were kind of joking last night that we speak the same language, yet we speak a different language. I've a couple of times had to ask Michael to repeat himself so I can understand what he said. And, uh, but uh, it is such a privilege and such a pleasure to have the opportunity to come here to Love Baptist Church. Uh, this beautiful building you have and the beautiful smiles and the, the wonderful people we've met already. And just have the opportunity to come and to fellowship uh, with you all and to come and walk alongside of you uh, in this walk with Christ that we do each and every day. So I want to thank you for, for having us here at Lone Baptist, and uh, just a pleasure. We are indeed honored to be in your presence today. Now, I, I will say, uh, Mark told me uh, before we came, he said, now you may have to, to slow down and not speak so fast, uh, not because you all are slow to understand, <laughs> it is because sometimes we perhaps speak a little fast sometimes, and uh, the accent. See, now, let me go ahead and explain that real quick, too. We're from Virginia right now. And uh, the problem is, I'm not originally from Virginia. I'm from Kentucky. So my accent is even different from the people in Anacock, and they always give me a hard time and uh, say that I'm just a Kentucky hillbilly and, and uh, they have a hard time understanding me occasionally. So I'll try to, uh, if you don't understand me, just throw your hand up, and I'll try to give you an explanation about what I'm saying. Quick question, have you ever tried to walk into a strong headwind before? Have you been outside? I can see that you probably have a lot of strong headwinds here in England. And uh, have you ever seriously had one before that was almost hard to walk into, where you're almost having to put your shoulder into the, into the wind? Well, we do that sometimes in life. My dad is 66 years old here on April the 12th. Uh, yeah, he's probably in better physical shape than I am. He rides uh, his bike. It's one of those bikes that you can pick up with one finger, carbon fiber. And he rides it 35 to 40 miles, three or four times a week. And, uh, and he's got all the biking gear like the guys from the Tour de France would have. And he rides in some kind of competitive races that uh, he's won in his age group before. Just a very uh, big biker. He's explained to me sometimes about riding into strong winds uh, with his bike. And he rides with uh, buddies of his in the biking group. And occasionally what they'll do is, and how many of you have seen the Tour de France before on TV? Understand a little bit about biking. Well, a lot of times you'll see those guys out there at the front of the pack and they're trying to, to break the wind by themselves with their bike. That's very hard to do. In fact, they can only do it for so long before wearing themselves out. And then before you know it, here comes the big group behind them called the peloton. It's a French word, I understand. I think it just means group. And, and they start riding up alongside this person who's been in the front, who's been breaking the wind, who's getting very tired. They start coming up alongside of him. And my dad said, usually when the last person in the peloton goes by, he'll yell at this person that's been in the front for a while, and he'll say, grab a wheel. And what that means in biking terms is come in and catch our draft and let us help you along. 
So something that was hard, something that was frustrating, something that was isolating for a time, suddenly becomes easy. And you get in the draft of the group or the peloton, and you start moving behind them. It's almost simple again to ride your bike into that wind because you're being helped along by the group. Life is sometimes like riding in the wind, isn't it? Life can be like that. Life can be hard. It can be difficult. Life can be discouraging at times. But the family of God need not face it alone. God comes alongside to protect, to encourage, and to enable His children. And other Christians also need to come alongside and help carry the load for one another. So that when you're riding into the wind in life, God and His people invite you to grab a wheel. And let us help you pull you along for a while. Now, we don't come here this week as the Americans, as I hear we're called. Um, we don't come here across the Atlantic today to be presumptuous enough to tell you how to do things. That's not why we're here. We're here to come this week to encourage the church at Lum and to stand alongside of you and encourage this church and to show the love of Christ. And that's why we're here this week. If you will, turn with me to the New Testament, to 1 Corinthians, if you have your Bibles with you this morning. I understand it's going to be up here as well. We're going to take a look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Now, just again, 1 Corinthians comes right before 2 Corinthians. This comes after Romans, comes before 2 Y'all are about as bright as my group at home. I always say, 2 Corinthians comes after. You see my third one. <laughs> anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul's writing. Verse 1, Paul. Paul is an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and our brother Sosthenes. To God's church at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called as saints, with all those in every place who call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of God's grace given to you in Christ Jesus, that by Him you were made rich in everything, in all speaking and all knowledge, as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By Him you are called into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I'm reading from the Holy Christian Standard Bible, which I guess is a little bit different. I don't know what this is. Maybe it did not be. But uh, it says the same thing, basically. I just want to share with you today a sermon that I'm entitled, Sustained by God's Faithfulness. Sustained by God's Faithfulness. Now something I love about Paul's letters are the beginnings of his letters. If you read through Paul's letters, whether they be Romans or 1st and 2nd Corinthians and Thessalonians uh, to Timothy, are his beginnings, the greeting and the thanksgiving. Now a lot of people, when they come to Paul's letters, what do they tend to do a lot of times? Let's jump on down to verse 10 where Paul starts. This is just a hello, how are you doing, Corinthians? 
you know, uh, love to see you again and things like that. So just keep over. Just to welcome and greeting. And we miss so much. There's so many things in the, in the greeting and in the thanksgiving. And then we tend to skip over those. We need to remember that all Scripture is inspired by God. All Scripture. It literally means in the Greek it is God breathed. I have to tell my people in Antioch Baptist, from the end of the beginning in Genesis to the amen in Revelation and everything in between is God breathed. And we need to hear it all, we need to experience all the riches of God's Word. Now, in today's culture in America, and I assume as well in Britain, the culture tries to tell us who we are. Or really, they like to tell us who they want us to be, don't they? I mean, just turn on your TV. I, I was thrilled to see that you all have TVs here in Britain. Uh, even though that uh, I can't seem to get ESPN and the NCAA basketball tournament here. But just turn your TV on. And you look at the car commercials, and they try to do what? They try to get us to see ourselves based on what we have in our driveway. Or how about the, the commercials for clothing? They try to get you to see yourself based on what you wear and how you look. Uh, the cologne and perfume companies, they want you to see yourself by how you smell. But the Bible is persistent in one thing, and that's we, that we need to put in perspective what we are, in other words, who we are, based on a relationship with God. We learn in God's Word that everything has true significance only when viewed through the lens of Scripture. Look at verse 1 with me. Seems fairly simple. Paul, Paul as an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and our brother Sosthenes. Now the thing about Paul is Paul knew who he was and whose he was. And he was very confident in that fact. I think it's something that we need to pick up on ourselves as believers. We can learn from Paul. We see that Paul knows who he is. Obviously, he is Paul. And there was no one else like Paul. Paul was a studied Jew. Very deeply in the Hebrew Scriptures. He studied under Gamaliel. And he knew who he was. He also knew why he was where he was. He says right here, Paul, Paul as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul knew where he was, why he was there, is to be an apostle. It was to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was to be an emissary for the truth. And then he also knew how he got there. It says Paul, Paul as an apostle of Jesus Christ by what? God's will. Paul was there because God willed it. And we too need to gain this understanding that we're going to be effective in God's kingdom work. Now perhaps you today need to understand who, why, and how you're here where you are today or where you are in your life today. Individually, you may be Peter, called by the will of God to be a businessman for the glory of God. Peter's where he's at because of the will of God. And Peter needs to do that to the glory of God. Perhaps uh, it's, it's Julie who I'm staying with. 
called by the will of God to be a teacher for the glory of God. Mark, called by the will of God to be a businessman for the glory of God. Whatever it is you do today, perhaps you're, you're a mother, you're called by the will of God. Everything that we are to do is to be for God's glory. And Paul knew that. We need to understand that in our everyday lives. Now, as a church body, you're obviously who? Peter. Long Baptist Church. This is Long Baptist Church. And you're called to be a lighthouse in Rossendale Valley by God's will and for His glory. That's the only reason this church stands here today is because God at one time in 17, what? What was it? Someone told me yesterday. 1828. Thank you very much. 1828. Because by the will of God, in 1828, God founded this church here. Not just because He wanted another building put up in this area. Because He wanted a church body devoted to Jesus Christ to give Him glory. And that's why this church exists. It's why an Antioch Baptist church was founded in 1855 in Antioch, Virginia was for the glory of God. Paul knew that. We need to understand that more, perhaps more today. And I believe that God wants every one of His children, each one of us here today, to have this solid, strong, and clear understanding of who we are in relation to Him. Each one of us are here for a purpose today. Each one of us are where God has placed us in our lives for a purpose. And that is to glorify Him in everything that we do. A tremendous ability come, comes into your life when you let the Bible define who you are instead of letting the world define who you are. Especially in times of uncertainty. And I found that in my own life. We need to be stronger when we know that we're a child of God. And you may be going through some uncertain times in your life personally right now. Maybe your job is in jeopardy. I don't know about you all, but in the States right now, the economy is horrible. And people are losing their jobs. People are worried about their jobs. They're shutting factories down. People are being laid off. Banks are closing up. So people are worried about job security. Maybe today your marriage is going through a tough time. There may be couples here today that haven't talked to each other in who knows how long. I don't know what it is, but maybe you're experiencing a desert in your spiritual life as well. You just feel like you're in the desert spiritually. And as a church, you all have been without a pastor now for, what, about a year now? Without a shepherd. And some of you may be thinking, will we ever find the right person to be the, the new pastor of Long Baptist Church? But I want to tell you today, be encouraged. Because Scripture tells us that God is faithful. God is faithful. He loves this church. He loves the people in this church. And God has a plan for Long Baptist. I was talking to Steve yesterday when he picked us up in Manchester, uh, in Manchester, Piccadilly, at the train station. And we were talking and he said it would be very discouraging sometimes here in the UK. You all have an absolutely unbelievable Christian heritage that you all need to be proud of. In fact, your Christian heritage includes America. 
We are where we are as a country today, which unfortunately is not where we need to be. But the churches in America today are where we are because of the heritage that you all gave to us over 250 years ago. When you all planted churches in the colonies, and they grew to be where they are today. I personally, as, as a McKenzie, as a Scot, uh, I have ancestors that I trace back to the United Kingdom. And my spiritual grandparents came to this country. You all need to be proud of that. Absolutely proud of that. Now, you see, you're according to Scripture here, that you all are in this place for a reason today. <laughs> Actually, you're here by the sovereign will of God. Look at verse 2. It says, to God's church at Corinth. That's the great thing about Paul. Paul lays on the line. Paul does not mince words. Paul tells it like it is. And he calls the church by what it truly is. And he says what? To whose church? God's church. Now, I don't know if you all are anything like Americans sometimes, but we tend to think the church is ours. I have people that have their own seat. And if they see a visitor in it, But we tend to think that, that this right here belongs to Long Baptist. But I'm here to tell you today, this is not your church. This church was bought and paid for, and not in British pounds. This church was bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Acts 20, verse 28 tells us, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among whom the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. Listen, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. This is God's church. An Ancock Baptist is God's church. If there are churches out there preaching the word of God, they belong and have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the great thing about being called by an almighty God is the fact that he is eternally trustworthy. Have you ever had anybody let you down before? I have. And I would say everybody in this room has had a person at one time or another in their life, more than likely, many more times than once, let you down. It's frustrating, isn't it? It's discouraging sometimes. But we're human. We're sinful in our nature, even as believers. You know, we're going to let each other down occasionally. But you know the great thing about our God? Never does He let us down. Never. And I know sometimes, especially in the UK, back to what Steve told me, he said less than 10% of the population in the UK now can be found in church on any given Sunday. It's frustrating, isn't it? We live on a peninsula in Virginia that has about 55,000 people in it. And I've done some demographics, and on any given Sunday, maybe 3,000 people are in church. That's 52,000 people that can be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes it seems impossible. Sometimes it seems like a daunting task that we just cannot do. But we can't do it on our own. We need, like Paul, like the Corinthians, like Paul was trying to get in the hard head of the Corinthians. 
to do it in the power of God. Look at verse 9, 8 and 9 with me here real quick. I'm going to skip down here and take a look at these. It says, He will also, He being God, will confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. That's not a question. That's a statement. By Him you were called in the fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Is God committed to us? Absolutely, resoundingly, yes, God is faithful to His children. And when we feel inadequate, which is often, Paul tells us here that God will confirm you to the end. Now that's not a Catholic confirmation that they go through. Actually, in the Greek here, literally, this word confirm means make firm and stable. Sometimes as the church or sometimes individually in our lives, we, we are kind of tossed about by the winds, as the scripture tells us. But you know, God is able to confirm you. God is able to make you strong, to make you firm, and to make you stable. He can do that individually in your own life. And He can do that for Long Baptist Church as well. God will confirm you. And it says, for how long? For a week? For two weeks? For months? Maybe a few years if you're lucky. What's it say? He will confirm you to the end. Listen, this is God's church. And the church of Jesus Christ, regardless of where it is, will stand until Jesus comes back again. Take that to heart. Because in other words, God, through Jesus Christ, will keep your faith in Him strong, even when you think it's impossible. He will cause you to carry on. Or to persevere. That's a promise. Now look at the connection of verse 8 to verse 9. I, I love how Paul does this. You can see the way Paul puts his letters together. He's an extremely intelligent man. He makes the association between God being faithful in verse 8 and whom he is faithful to. And he tells us in verse 9. He says, God is faithful. That's what he talks about in verse 8. He begins verse 9 with that. He says, by him you were called in fellowship with his son. Again, who is Paul writing this letter to? The church at Corinth. The church meaning the believers. He's saying, you, you who are called, you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Not a building, not a denomination, but you individually who are the believers of Jesus Christ in Corinth, he's telling them, or you who are the individual believers and the church body here at Long Baptist, God is faithful. That's good news. That is wonderful news. Now here's the point between the connection of verses 8 and 9. If God has called you, then His faithfulness, listen, is obliged to keep you persevering in the faith. The faithfulness of God is obliged to keep you persevering. Because God never goes back on promise. Never. God is ultimately, eternally, perfectly faithful. And my God is able to hold me in For some of you here today, you're worried if you can do it. 
You're worried if you can continue being faithful in your life. The Corinthians were worried about that. That's why Paul wrote this letter to the Corinth. They were experiencing some problems. They kind of fallen away. I'm not saying long masses fall away from them. They were experiencing problems like any church does. Because every church is made up of what? People. And we get kind of messed up sometimes. And then Paul's telling the Corinthians, like he's telling us today, that we can continue to walk in the Lord. Let me say to you today, it won't happen if you're trying to ride into the wind all the time. Remember the earlier illustration? That is tiring after a while, isn't it? And perhaps you felt in your personal life that you've been doing that for years. Maybe you all feel, man, you know, we're, we're only one of, the, one of the only Bible-believing churches around here. It's getting tiring to, to lead the pack. And listen, you can't do it in your own power. I want to urge you today individually as believers. I want to urge you and encourage you today as Lone Baptist Church to grab a wheel. To trust in the one who can pull you through any valley and keep you safe with him until he takes you from that. I want you to know today that your brothers and sisters in Christ at an Ancock Baptist Church in Virginia are praying for you. I want you to understand today that though these people have perhaps never met you before, they love you. You know why? Because we have a common God. We have the same God. He's the same God here in England as in the States. He's the same God in the States that He is in Zambia. The same God there that He is in Antarctica. He's the God of the universe. He's the one that created everything. He's the one that spoke into existence. And we serve the great God. So I want you to understand that we're praying for you. And we care about you. More importantly, God cares about you. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ is your person to say. You're missing out. I promise you, you are missing out of our soul. The world tries to tell you today. Jesus Christ, who's Easter here last week, too, right? I've lost like three weeks in that plane ride. <laughs> Hopefully you were here last week for Easter. And you get to hear the, the wonderful story. Probably it's not just a story. It's truth. About the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ did that for you. And again, maybe you're here today and you never trusted in what Christ did for you on the cross by dying in your place. Not somebody else's. Because Romans tells us why. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. I didn't have to teach any of my children how to sin. They already knew it. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus Christ died for each and every one of those sins. If you will accept Him as Lord and Savior into your life, He promises He will come in to save your soul. And give you a life. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you praise and we give you glory this morning. What an awesome God you are.
Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and we thank you that it sustains us through our life. We thank you, Father, that it sustains us as individuals and as churches when we fall. You're always there to make us up. And you're not there to condemn us, Father, but to love us, to strengthen us, to encourage us. And Lord, right now I pray a blessing upon Love Baptist Church and the members here today. Father, I pray that you would continue to encourage them, to enable them. Father, to lead them to the person that you would have be the next pastor, the shepherd of this wonderful flock. Father, we just thank you so much for this new association, this new friendship with our brothers and sisters here in England. And Lord, we pray that it will be a fruitful. We pray, Father, that it will not go on for one week, but for years to come. Lord, we know your faith. And we know, God, that you are not done in England. We know that you are drawing people to yourself in salvation. And Father, we pray specifically for the Rosendale Valley right now. For all the people right now who are sitting in their homes this morning enjoying tea instead of hearing the word of God. I pray that the people here in this church will be faithful in sharing the gospel with their neighbors and their friends and their loved ones. And Father, the Holy Spirit will be about this business. Draw on you. We give you praise and we give you glory this morning, Father. In the precious name of Jesus Christ.